Cap. Come on, Cap. I think youth is at 7 on Thursday, 7 to 8.30, I think. Uh, but, uh, yeah, they're, they're having a great time. They're doing great, great things there. How's everybody doing? How many want more snow? No, 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 no. PK's not been praying for snow either, so you're good. You're good. Hey, I heard uh, Michael Jackson's favorite pizza is pepperoni and cheese. It's just something to make you laugh. Well, uh, let me just uh, start this by, by telling you. I'm going to put that down there. Um, you know, we've taught on finances for seven weeks and I mean, you could literally go on for many more weeks, but I feel like the Lord said stop. And I promised that I would start talking to you about faith um, and the things to do. But I need to clarify some things. So just so that you know. OK, so let's say hi to our online crowd. God bless you guys. Thanks for joining us. Um, never did I say Jesus, or God were like Santa Claus. Never did. Never will. Um, we don't just make demands uh, and we expect God to do everything that we say. Never said that either. You're saying, why are you saying that? Because I'm just clarifying. Because evidently there are some that are thinking, well, anytime you start talking about money, people get a little ruffled. Um, but just so that you know, I mean, God will give you the desires of your heart. We also know that our desire, if you're, this is all about our heart, just loving God and doing what he wants to do. What's the mission? What's the assignment? And, and then following in that. I mean, this isn't about name it and claim it and blab it and grab it. And uh, I, God, I need a gold toilet seat and I need gold plumbing. And that's not what I'm, I've never said that. Not going to say that. That's not what we're talking about. We're talking about God supplying all of my needs according to his riches and glory. We're talking about God giving us more than enough. His word says that. You don't have to like it, but his word says it. And what I have told you before, I make no apologies for the gospel. None. Uh, I will preach the gospel. That's what he wants me to do. You certainly can look in the word and, and clarify that. And I encourage you to do that. But he wants me to go back to talking about faith. And I was going to try to compact this in one, one or two messages. And he said, just take your time. So we're going to have some fun. We're going to talk about faith because I don't know about you, but I sure haven't learned everything. I have a lot more to learn. But um, we're going to see how this is called Faith Walk and, and it's revisited. So I'm going back through some things that I've, I've done before. And we're just going to see those because I want you to see exactly what God, what his kingdom says. Not what, what I say, what his kingdom says. I have put some, you know, these things, I'm going to tell you stories. I've put them to the test and I've, I literally have sat and sometimes like, are you kidding me? Did that just happen? How did that just happen? And I have to look at the laws of the kingdom and go, this is past me. So, you know, if there's some that are just, we have people because some things make them uncomfortable and so they would rather attack what's uncomfortable. But I have fruit to prove what I'm telling you. In the natural realm, we have things that are fixed. By fixed, I mean they don't change. Gravity doesn't change, whether I like it or not. We have electricity. There's laws that govern gravity. There's laws that govern electricity. There's laws of physics. They can figure out how expansion with heat and different materials and uh, all of that stuff. The laws in the natural realm are fixed. As long as the earth remains, seed time and harvest. We talked about sowing and people are thinking, are we trying to buy God? I will explain all of that. You cannot buy God. We are just basically talking about releasing faith in a point of contact. That's it. If God tells me to sow finances or funds, I will. sometimes I don't have to. It's not based on money. This earth is kind of based on money, but heaven, it's just based on obedience. You know, I need to do what he says. Sometimes I just, maybe, maybe my sowing would be helping someone. 
No finances involved, just lending a hand. Maybe it would be that encouraging word. Maybe it's sowing into somebody's life. Maybe it's just believing I've already got seed in the ground. Anyway, we'll cover all that stuff. The spiritual realm has things that are fixed just like the natural realm. They don't change. God is sovereign in the sense that he created the laws. We get that. But he won't and cannot. He won't make you do them. Well, let me just say, if you jump off the building, gravity do what it do. You're not going to stop it. Uh, um, that's up to you whether you want to follow the laws or not. This is about, I can't get saved on my father's coattails. I can't get saved on my mother's coattails. I can't get saved on Billy Graham's coattails. I have to get saved because I, come on, I chose to accept Christ. And so for me, it is, it is all about the individual, the personal. You can't just because... My kids aren't going to heaven just because I am. See, that's some people like, oh. now if they're, they don't have knowledge or understanding and they're very young, you know they're going to heaven. But I'm talking about when they're of age and they know right from wrong, they must choose to follow the Lord. My goal is to give them the example and the trail that they can follow. But nobody begs gravity. I just hope gravity works. It works. You can discover laws, but you can't change them. I can find out how things work, but if it's a law, I can't change it. Now, as growing up as a kid, I loved superheroes. I don't know if you all did. I grew up Spider-Man, Superman, Batman, Thor, Hulk, just like Marvel's doing all that stuff today. Loved me Superman. Superman, Spider-Man, love Superman. I can't tell you how old I was, and nobody shout out it was just last year because it wasn't. But we lived in a house, had 15 steps, and I was determined that if I believed hard enough, I could fly. Now, some of you watching are going, I know he's nuts. Check that right off. He is nuts. But I believed I could. I, you know, I'm, I'm guessing I was eight, seven, I don't know, something, you know. And, uh, yeah, <laughs> just last year. <laughs> so I told myself what I needed. Well, I even told my mother. I, I believe I told my mother. I said, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to fly. And my mother was like, okay. So, Mom, if you're watching, <laughs> you should have told me no. <laughs> but Because I, I asked her for a cape. Got to have a cape. Really can't fly without a cape. You know, you need a cape. So I got me a cape. And I sat up in my room. And I went over in my head what I was going to do. I'd love to tell you this isn't true, but this is true. Went to the top of the 15 steps. And thought, well, I don't have to do 15. 13 or 12 will be just fine. Because the stairway, you could see the rails, you know, there was a wall that blocked part of it, and then you could open see it. Now, here's my dilemma. I was so convinced that I could do it that at the end of the steps was a mirror. And you went to the right, and you could go into the kitchen, or you went to the left of the dining room, the front door, and the living room. I decided I will go to the left. Because if I went to the right in the dining or in the kitchen, I'd have to pull up. That would not be good. I'm just telling you what went through my mind. So if I went to the left, I could go around the dining room table a couple times and out the door. I had the door open and just the screen there. I'd be out the door. I'd fly around the house. It'd be awesome. About step five or six, once I dove, realized I'm not flying. All the way down the rest of the steps, busted open my chin and everything, and uh, realized this isn't working. Brett, why are you telling me that story? Now, I, you know, I'm a kid with a large imagination. But reality is this. You cannot change laws. You can think that you can. I have people that have told me just because there are kingdom laws in place, it's okay. God understands me. 
I'm still this and that, and this law doesn't apply to me. I could believe gravity didn't, I mean, Clark Kent, I am not. And the law still worked. You can't change a law. When Jesus said in Matthew, seek first the kingdom, he's trying to tell us he wants us to understand laws of the kingdom of God. And he's going to demonstrate those laws. And, and those laws are invisible to most. Would you agree with me that most Christians, we live beneath who they are in Christ? I know I'm still learning. I wish I would have known what I know now back in the day. You know, maybe even at seven or eight, that would have helped me. <laughs> <laughs> If we don't see the answers and the provisions that we're believing for, that we're reading about, or that we're talking about, we back off. Now, I'm speaking to myself. There's things that I've done and doing that I'm believing God for, and I have not seen them yet in the natural And we'll continue to live like that if we don't understand the laws. But if we understand kingdom living, we don't have to see it to believe it. Not in the natural. If we knew what we were supposed to know, would we change what we're doing? I mean, I would. If there's somebody says, hey, if you do this, this is what you'll get. And you knew it was guaranteed, would you do it? It would change life as we know it. But I got to tell you, that's what has been happening and has happened to me. I've discovered something. God would show me something and I would be, did that just happen? Did that just really happen the way that I... And I got people that are like, I don't like this, the whole sewing part. You're going to have to get over that. I mean, we're talking, you know, there's times he's had me give major amounts. I get that. But I mean, what I'm talking about were all these wonderful things. It wasn't a major amount. It was like $10. I don't think I can buy God for 10 bucks. Do you? But it was a point of contact to release my faith. And I was trying to, okay, is this really happening in laws of the kingdom? Is this really what I was believing for? And I have people that are like, I don't believe it. You don't have to believe it. It didn't happen to you. It happened to me. But I have fruit to prove it. I believed and I, and I, I, was, I was like this. I don't even know. I believe the person that shared that with me. They showed me in the Bible. Okay, I believe the word. So if that's what the word says, Lord, if I don't understand it, have you ever found something that you don't understand? Sometimes I don't understand everything. I don't understand my wife sometimes. They think different than we do. We were just talking in the back. You know, if you're a dude and you are making a pizza and you drop pepperoni on the floor, you got a 10-second rule. You're going to pick it up. Dust it off. You're going to use it or eat it. Women probably don't do that. We're like, build up your immune system. It's great. <laughs> but I didn't understand. So anyway, I had just learned about things and they were happening. And I shared it with my son. And I said, this is what the kingdom says. And to make a long story short, just to go clear around the barn without going around the barn. He believed God for a 10-point buck. I believe, I said, I've not seen one. I've, I've really only seen where we were living. I've only seen like a, the biggest was a six-point. He sowed like a buck 50 or $2. I mean, it was, he's like, Dad, no, I'm getting a 10-point. I said, nah, six-point. And I kind of prayed that with him in the prayer of agreement. I'll go through all of that with you, just kingdom laws. We went out to hunt. First time, I'll pretend this is me. That's me. I look good, don't I? <laughs> Sam. Sam was probably right here, and he's facing this way. The woods would be the curtain, 
and we are on a tree line, and there's a field right in front of me. And we got out there. We were not out there about 15 minutes. And me, I don't have a weapon. Well, I don't, I don't have a gun or, you know. So I'm just standing there, and he's over here with my crossbow. And I, a buck comes out on the field, runs right up to me between me and Sam and stands there broadside. Now, we're out in the open. I've, I'm just standing there. And he stands right there. And I told Sam, shoot it. Shoot it. Sam's like, no. Guess how many points it had? What did I pray? Why wasn't it a doe? Why wasn't it a button buck? Why wasn't it an eight point? Why wasn't it a ten? It had six points and came clear out and stood in front of us. We're both out in the open. It stayed there for 30 seconds, a minute. I don't know how long. Just stay there sideways like. And he won't shoot it. And it finally, it just trotted off. And I, I said, Sam, why didn't you shoot it? And he said, Dad, that was your that was your buck. That wasn't mine. I said ten point. You said six. Like, oh. He went out the next day. Long story short, ten point came right out. Came right up to him. Shot it. It's on his wall. A ten. Why wasn't it an eight point? Why wasn't it a button buck? Why wasn't it a doe? It was a ten point. I'd never seen one before in the woods that we were hunting. The next weekend, the story gets better. Now I got up at the crack of dawn to go out with him. It had just got daylight when all this happened. Before I said, "Hey, go out now." You come with me. He goes, no, you go ahead. Okay. So again, this is what I sowed. And what I put on my check, I said, this is what I said. A four or an eight point. Because I, I was just, at that point, I was just really hunting meat. You know, but I wanted to get a buck. So I got in my, now I'm on that same tree line, just down a little bit. Two deer come out of the woods. Two. And they're running parallel, side by side. A four-point and an eight-point. Shut the front door. Why isn't it too doe? Why isn't it this? Why, but it was exactly what I said. And the four-point was bigger than the eight-point, and the Lord told me, he said, choose. So I shot the four-point, the rest is history. My point is, this is not, this, I'm like, this cannot be just coincidence. This can't just happen this way just because. It is kingdom It's things that, I mean, all I did is jump in on what God's already done. I'll explain. Just think over the last several thousand years, we've developed, not only we've had fire, but as a source of heat, we've developed different types of it. The house I have now is geothermal. It's not gas or electric. I mean, it uses electric, but it is heated in a different way. Horses used to get us everywhere. How many remember watching Mr. Ed? Anybody besides me? I grew up. Wilbur. But, you know, just in this last century, we, you know, we drove cars now. We ride trains and airplanes. But those laws were still there. There's laws that are there. There are things happening in this room as far as like waves and frequency for Internet and TV. They've all. We didn't know about them. Now we do. Bluetooth. Isn't that weird? That's kind of cool. But, I mean, those things all got developed here just recently. Did you know back in the day, John Deere wasn't around? Nobody had John Deere mowers or whatever kind of mower they had. <laughs> it was just, there wasn't those, that type of inventions. They weren't there. Nobody had a flashlight. Think of that. Just a torch or a candle. People had to labor, work hard, and, and just push it out because they do not know the laws. Now, let me clarify something. The laws in the kingdom doesn't mean you don't have to labor, not, but not in the toil and sweat way of just like, oh, my gosh. You have to put your hand to it. You still have to work, but it's not the same. She said, there's things that we don't know that you still have to discover. I remember discovering some of these things that just for provision 
Now, that's all I, you know, I'm ta- when I'm talking about the deer, I was believing God because we used the meat. I fixed the meat. I used the meat. I would butcher my own deer, did all of that stuff. Wasn't wasting anything, but it was meeting a need. Come on. I'm not just doing something and leaving the carcass lay. It was meeting a need. It was feeding my children. It was feeding us. My God supplies all of my needs. You have to understand your heart. If you are just doing something out of the will of God, well, then you're not going to get, you understand. Your heart, this whole thing is based on your heart. You can't use what you don't know. And so finding things that you, God shows you, and then you use them and you go, oh, my word, that's awesome. I, got, I, I have so many stories, it's, it's crazy cool. I believed God for an eight point because I was a deer hunter and I had incredible land to hunt deer on. Um, and so I went out and I went and I set a bucket by this tree. And it was a good, I'd seen deer sign out. It was a pretty good and I had carved in the tree a heart, and I carved, I love Kim, in the tree. It's wherever, you know, that, I don't live there anymore, but I'm sure that is still there. I carved it in two trees, actually, but that was one of them. I sat on that five-gallon white bucket. <laughs> Uncle John, you'll love this. I fell asleep. <laughs> I fell asleep. I don't know if any other hunter can relate to that, but I mean, you're sitting out there, it's kind of cold, it's gun week, I got orange on, you're kind of bundled up, and and nothing, you know, you can't really move a lot, because if you move a lot, that's like saying, hey, I'm over here, so you have to just be still, but I'm still, I'm in orange, and I'm sitting out in the open, I fall asleep, I wake up to see, true story, from as far as me is to Jack, wave at me, Jack, there's an eight point. He's laying down. He's looking at me. He's just laying there. And he's like, he's you know, it's beautiful. He's just looking at me like, um, I'm supposed to be here. We have an appointment. <laughs> now, I just woke up. First, I think I'm dreaming. And, and I, you know, I kind of startled and he like turns and looks at me. Now, why he would just lay there, this proves that I don't snore. But anyway, I kind of pinch myself and realize this is really happening. And so now I'm trying to position my gun and all that. Well, he gets up, and I know he's going to bolt, and he takes off. I shoot three times, miss. But I'm just, okay, now here's the thing. People say, well, you missed, so it wasn't God. God, that's up to me to hit. God brought the harvest. I just wasn't ready. And so I'm learning these things like God could bring harvest, but I have to be ready to receive it. Jesus said, Mark 4, that things are hidden and they're going to be unveiled and discovered by us, the church. We're the ones that are going to uncover things. He's going to show you things. The Holy Spirit inside you wants to show you mysteries and the laws of the kingdom. So to give God glory, not so that we have any glory. They've been hidden for a reason. Why do you think that we can call things that are not as though they are? Romans 4, 17, God who gives life to the dead calls those things which do not exist as though they did. Things are not always as you physically see them all the time. And the enemy is aware of that and deception is his main thing. He's going to deceive you. It's, Jesus says, my sheep know my voice. Some things are hidden and you can't see them. They're hidden so evil people can't find them. Let me tell you why. Because you're supposed to find them so that you can get the victory for the glory of God. Why was the coin in the fish's mouth? Jesus knew where the coin was. If the coin was on the beach, anybody could have found the coin. But it was hidden so that Peter could find the coin to pay the taxes. There's a lesson there. God knows what you need and where it is and how to find it. I, th- I really believe that God has some things that are hidden from me for me. Because sometimes I'm not ready for it. If I had it, I, didn't, I don't know if I'd, you know, realize it. Did you know, you know, we, the disciples, you think, 
that after three years working with Jesus, they would know something. You know, and I know that we've said this before. That's why they're called the disciples. <laughs> but we give them a hard time, but yet, you know, they're just like me and you. They're just normal people. And they fed, now think about this in this miracle, they feed 20,000 people, 5,000 men, not counting women and children. So they feed 15, 20,000 people, and that portion, the extra portion, was in the baskets. They didn't even see it. How many times in my life have I missed God giving me something and I didn't catch it? It was there, but I didn't see it because they didn't look at it that way. Jesus told Peter what to do. Hey, go down and fish. First fish you catch, there's a coin in the mouth. What did Peter do for a living? He was a fisherman. There's a lesson there. God's not going to tell you to do something if you can't do it. Or if you have no idea. I mean, sure, he can guide you and he can help you and all of those kind of things. But Peter knew how to fish. He told him where the fish were. How about when he used Peter's boat? Throw your nets over on this side. Done that. But if you say, I will. So here's our first thought for today. What's God telling you? You have to believe the word. Believe the word. If you can't believe it, you can't receive it because you won't do it because you don't believe it. There are people that say the words but don't believe what they say. We've all grown up with probably the Wizard of Oz and the Cowardly Lion. I do, I do, I do, I do, I do believe, I do. You know, I don't know if he believes that or not, but we, have you ever just tried to convince yourself? When Jesus corrected people, he said to them they couldn't heal because of their, he couldn't heal. Now, this is God. God can't heal. These people, because of their unbelief. The Bible says Jesus could not heal them. Only a few. But he couldn't, he couldn't do what he wanted because they didn't believe. The demon didn't leave the boy because of unbelief. The storm didn't stop because of unbelief. You know what the enemy is? Unbelief. You know who pushes that? The devil. James 1, 6 and 8, double-minded man should expect to receive nothing, but let him ask in faith with no doubting. For he who doubts is like a wave of the sea driven and tossed by the wind. For let not that man suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. He's double-minded, unstable in all his ways. Double-minded, unbelief. The kingdom we've all been raised in is the earth system, and we can see it. And it deals in your five senses. What you taste, what you see, what you feel, what you hear, what you touch. And that's the same realm the enemy deals in, that natural realm. If you don't feel, well, I just got prayed for, but I don't feel any better. Double-minded, if you're not careful, you got to watch that. Because you can't go off your feeling. Well, Brett, that's stupid. Okay. But if I don't believe that, I'm going to receive healing. You might not. And there are people that didn't even know Christ, but they just believed when he touches things, things come to life. They didn't know. See, some of us think that we have to know the whole Bible before God will do anything. That's not right. Jesus healed people that they didn't know God more than they knew Farmer Brown. They just knew about him. You understand what I'm saying? But they just saw what he touched, the reactions that happened. The kingdom of God, we walk in the unseen. It's an invisible kingdom. Now, I'm not Willy Wonka. I'm not Santa Claus. You see this kingdom by faith. Seeing isn't believing. Believing is seeing. I don't have to see it to believe it. I have to believe it, then I'll see it. Most believers don't think that there are definitive laws that define in God's kingdom. They think that God chooses who he'll bless and what he'll do. And that's why we beg. 
if I can just get on his graces, if I read my Bible enough today, if I, if I said hi to three people and tried to be nice, if, I, if my good outweighs my bad, I'll get, you know, and we have all of these different things in our mind. There isn't anything you can do to make God love you more. There isn't anything you can do to make God love you less. He just is. We're waiting on God. God, I need you to do this. That's why Jesus, when he went to the cross, and we're going to receive communion in just a little bit, he said, it is finished. So anything that you needed, any kind of healing whatsoever, he's already paid for it. It's already been purchased. You don't have to beg for something you already have. He did it for you and he did it for me. We start blaming God, though, if we don't see it. God, why haven't you done this yet? Reality, most of us just don't want to be accountable, and we got to find somebody to blame. I gave my tithe. I did this. I did that, and I'm waiting on my answer. Please understand, if you think it's all based on what you do, that's self-righteousness and pride. Now, that's true that faith without works is dead. I get it. But because the word says to do this, that's why. And I have responded to what the word says. Now, you need to understand the difference I'm trying to tell you. It's because of the word of God. Our second thought, if we are children of the kingdom of God, we have rights. You have the right to know the will of God. Did you know that? You have the right to know the will of God. And he has written it out for you. People say, well, we don't know. I don't know what God's will is. He put it all, it's all out. It's in the book. Because if you don't believe in God's will or his word, you won't operate in faith. Because the book, it says the word and the word was God. You have to believe the word. You see, faith moves where the will of God is known, believed and followed. God is waiting on us. So many times I've looked back at my life and I'm thinking, I've just been waiting. And God is saying, yeah, me too. You not only have the right to know the will of God, but as a son or daughter, you can expect the will of God to operate in your life. It's just how it is. 1 John 5, 14 and 15. Now this is a confidence we have in him that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have the petitions we've asked of him. The Bible says he hears us, not just with his physical ear. And we're not talking that way. We're talking that because we are a son or daughter, he hears us like he's taking the case. Like he is the judge or he is the, he is the king of the kingdom. But he's like, okay. I hear what you're saying. Not just by physical, but I'm going to take the case. If he takes the case, justice will be done. It doesn't say maybe. It says you'll have the things you ask for. The kingdom produces 100% of the time, every time. And if it doesn't, it's never God. It's us. We didn't turn the light switch on somehow. We didn't. There's a break in the connection. Have you ever felt, and this is just me, and this is real quiet in here today. I've thought I was in faith completely about something and then found out later that I wasn't. I thought I was. But then when the test came, or, you know, the pressure came, I found out like, oh, man, I'm, I'm battling unbelief. I'm battling because I'm not seeing this and... I have to believe before I see it. And, I, you know, so I have to go through all that. Sometimes we just ask amiss. We just ask for stuff totally out of his will and then it doesn't happen and we wonder. Like pie in the, I mean, I think God wants to bless you. I think abundantly. It, it blesses him to, to bless you. He likes that. That's what he wants to do. But it has been abused where people are thinking, and again, I've never declared that you could just 
call, you know, blessing and blessing and blessing, pie in the sky. I need gold plumbing. I need this. I, you know, I need 17 Porsches. And it's been abused. It's just saying, God, I want what you want. What you have for my life. Jesus said, Father, not my will, but your will. You know, when I yield to God, I find out that there's a lot of things I thought were important were not so important. You know, the disciples had authority to cast out demons, but they couldn't. And Jesus said, what? Bring him to me. So they did. And he cast the demon out. But what happens when we don't see results? We don't like to look in the mirror. I know I don't. But we'll say we'll make up doctrine. Well, it must not be God's will that all demons come out. There must be some that can stay. Or there must be God's will that we all, it's not his will we all prosper. Because I'm not seeing that in my life or whatever. That might be your statement. I don't know. It must not be God's will that we all walk in health. How many knows that's a battle? But we have to start believing. We have to start walking that out. It's just for pastor. Uh, no. I'm just saying. I didn't know half these principles or most of them. I've been bankrupt before. Seek first the kingdom and all his righteousness. You have to seek the kingdom. God, I just want you. You have to be number one in my life. If I put you... I flew you, let's say I flew you over China and I dropped you from a parachute into a land. You do not know Chinese. You do not dress Chinese. You do not look Chinese. But everybody there is speaking Chinese. You've got to find a way to survive. How do you communicate that you are hungry or you need a place to stay? Or You'll figure out how do I communicate? How do I... How do I not get something so I don't? I mean, you don't want to stick out like a sore thumb. Oh, I don't know. Maybe you do. I don't know. Remember when Isley's was in town? That's a long time ago. I sat in Isley's, and I was sitting up at the, you know, where you could get a soda. And some dude walks in. He's got, this is back in the day. It's a little more common now, but he's got spiked hair. He's got piercings. He's got ink all over his different parts of his body. And he, you know, he walks in and he's in leather and all that. I mean, it's just, he just looks different. I'm not saying, I mean, but, you know, when he walks in, he pushes the door and he goes, bam. And everybody turns around and looks. And so he keeps walking. He's walking over to me. So I'm watching him. And, you know, so he's got a swag going on. Is that swag? Okay. <laughs> he walks over. He sits down beside me. And stares at me, and this is what he says. What are you looking at? <laughs> this was my answer. You? <laughs> and he just looks at me, and we just, we just stare at each other. It seemed like about a minute, but I don't know how long it was. Because you don't look like everybody else, and you slammed the door open so people would notice you. So guess what? Welcome to the party. And then he just left me alone. He ordered whatever, and then I left. And you would have to survive. How do I, how do I make this? How how's this work? I'd have to get a job. How do I communicate so I could make money, so I can live? What happens is when we come out of the earth system and we get born into the kingdom of God, we just have to start learning the kingdom. You don't have to go by the whole earth curse system. We're on a journey, and Kim and I have been exploring our Father's house and kingdom. And the Bible says that we go from glory to glory. Sometimes they're not as glorious, but we still go because we learn. But I know this. I could never reach the end of God. He's unending. If I put my hands to it of what he tells me, I can speed up process to have things 
what he's asking me to do. And I can see things just like those stories I was telling you about the deer. But in my past, I've had a mailbox mentality. You ever have that? We just are believing, so God, we just run out to the mailbox every day, and maybe there's a this or that in there. But then I have to put my faith in the kingdom. I don't know how it's going to show up. Just like the deer that was laying down there, I have to be ready to harvest. I told you the story of where we needed some funds for, to get some things for Sam and I, and that day he provided us to clean a car, detail a car out. I have to be ready to do that if that's what he wanted, because it provided all the funds, plus me giving, and everything was paid for. You have to be listening. I don't have to figure out how God's going to do it. I just have to believe that it's done. Thought three. Obey the laws. If I find a law, I'll try to obey it. They put laws up for reasons. Every kingdom has laws of operation. Galatians 4, 1 through 7. There's a lot in there. But at the, back, the last part of that, it's crying out, Abba, Father. They're no longer a slave, but a son. And if they're a son, they're an heir of God through Christ. In other words... If we are an heir, we own the estate with him, the whole estate. So lack shouldn't be there. And that's what's tough because we try to straddle two kingdoms. Did God know where the fish were? He knew where the coin was. He knows Peter, throw the fish over here. Does the Bible say he's able to call certain jobs or occupations? Does it say that God delights in the prosperity of his servants? These are all yes. Does it say he wants us to prosper and confirm his covenant? Yes. Does it say he's, it's his good pleasure to give us the kingdom? Yes. Doesn't it say he takes care of the birds of the air and the flowers of the field? How much more he'll take care of us? Yes. They don't labor, but he still takes care of them. You still have to, you have to understand, you have to put your hand to it, you have to work but you don't have to work the way the world says. Now, what do you mean? Your heart and your mind. If you're just working just to chase money, that's wrong. There's a spirit on money. Money is just a tool. So you remember when we give, we give, we take it out of the kingdom of the earth system. We put it in the kingdom of God. It's our choice. So whatever job you have, you want to give God glory for that job. But you are doing whatever. If you, do, if you work well at what you put your hand to, you get promoted. They'll promote you in your job. Eventually, you may go somewhere and you may manage that place or whatever. But you'll find out what God wants you to do because you put your hand to it and give him the credit and the glory. You're not doing it. Did you know I took a job that paid $3.65 an hour? $3.65 an hour plus commission. Oh, wonderful joy. And I left a job that was paying me at that time a decent wage that was paying me nine something an hour. And it did not go over well with my father. But this is what I, was, I felt I was supposed to do, and this is what I did, and I was miserable in the $9 an hour job. I hated it. I can't even describe the hate I had for that job. Loathed it, hated it. <laughs> but the other job I loved, and I was successful at it. I, was there, I, I made the most of any of the uh, employees there, not because I was trying to be the best. I was just being the best of who God made me to be, and I was trying to help what the real treasure is are people. And that's what that job related to. So I was helping them. And I was genuinely concerned about them. And I would rejoice when they made progress. And they, you know, it was just a big deal. And God blessed me because he blessed the work of my hands. You see, if, I, if I'm chasing after something besides God, that's part of the curse. I can't get anywhere with that. I don't want to. If Jesus already broke the curse, why would I want that? Well, you know, go in Deuteronomy and read all the stuff that's, you don't want that. 
He already paid for all that. Why would I? Yes, you'll be, you know, I don't need any of that stuff. I want the blessing. And I think so many times in my life I've been frustrated because I didn't see anything happening. And that's my fault. Because I don't understand the laws and I didn't take time to try to figure them out. If I didn't know electricity was available and I didn't know all I had to do was plug this lamp in and have a bulb in it and then hit that switch, I'd eventually walk away in the dark because I'd be frustrated. I'd try to find something else. <clears throat> it's important for you to understand that God wants you to be blessed. Now, you can sit here and write me, and not that you will, but that's what he says. That's just it. He wants you to bring glory to the kingdom. And again, I know Pastor Gary and Drenda say this, until you fix the money thing, you'll never discover your destiny. So let me explain what that means. If you're always chasing money, you're never going to find out what you really, because money is a tool. But if you go after God, he'll provide for you, and the money will be there. And matter of fact, he'll bring in more, because he can trust you as a funnel. Because now... You will live to give. So the more I get, the more I give. And the enemy hates that. And God loves that because you help people. A lot of this is newer to the church. It's been here a long time, but we are just figuring these things out. Healing is part of our covenant. You, remember, you, know, you all know Oral Roberts. Well, you don't know him, know him, but you know he's with the Lord now. But, you know, him and Kenneth Copeland and, and other people that were in the faith movement got ridiculed big time for that. They just thought people were like, no way. And that happened this century. They were persecuted for that. In the 70s, the charismatic renewal broke out and people spoke in tongues. People said, that's not of God. And yet, his spirit dwells in you. And the Bible clearly says, speaking in tongues is of God. Prosperity came out and rubbed people the wrong way, and I get it. In many cases, well, not in many, many, but I mean, there, it has been taught wrong. But it's been restored back to the church. People have needs, and the Bible knows how to get their needs met. When something doesn't happen right, people will say, oh, it's God's will. Oh, it was just their time. Now, I know in the Bible it does say there's a time to live, a time to die. This isn't, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about something sudden, something tragic. The enemy is always about that. God does not, he's not killing people. He's not bringing sickness to teach you a lesson. Now, I have done this one, and I've repented of it. Oh, I gave God a chance to do it. He didn't. So, you ever did that? I've even said that from the pulpit. I've had to tell the Lord, I'm sorry. But God's already declared his will. He's already done it. I just didn't get on the wagon to go, you know what, God? If that's for me, I'll take it. Have you ever done that? You ever been bold enough to say, God, if you did that for me, you gave your life for me, and this is provision? It's kind of an insult to go, no, no, no. no. Yeah, I'll take it. Long life, good health, divine health. I'll take that. Lord, let me walk in that. I've already got it. Faith and confession dictates my life and how I receive. What I say, what I believe. Remember J. Iris reminding, you know, they, he gets Jesus. He finally gets Jesus to come. And, you know, he like, gets him and they say, hey, don't bother him. Your daughter's already dead. And Jesus stops and says, remember what we talked about. So our fourth thought you got to put faith to work. Faith is a law. You cannot violate it. I mean, it'll operate every single time. You cannot believe it. It won't operate for you, but it is a law. And fear is perverted faith. It'll operate every time if you want to do that one. If you break the law, there's consequences. Law's not changing. It's the law. You don't like gravity, learn to fly. 
Law of lift. We'll go above gravity. I get it. Romans 3.27, where, where's boasting? And it is excluded by what law of works? No, by the law of faith. Hebrews 11.6, but without faith it's impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is, and he is a reward of those who diligently seek him. It says it's impossible to please God without faith. It doesn't say that faith alone pleases God. It's just required. Why? Why does faith please God? Because faith brings and receives his will into this earth. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That's what faith brings the unseen into the seen. That's why it pleases him. His will gets done. Why were you teaching about money? Because I want you to know what God says about it. You see, he's not trying to get something from you. If that's your mindset, then you won't receive. He's trying to get something to you. But he needs the channel to get it to you. And that's your choice, your will, your submission. He loves to bless. He gets pleasure from that. He wants the best for you. And we have to exercise our faith to get that. Mark 11, 12 and 14. Now, I'm just going to condense this story. They come to the fig tree. Jesus sees the fig tree. He sees leaves, and he goes up to it. He's looking. He's hungry. No figs there. And then he curses the fig tree. They go into town. They come back the next day, 24 hours later. Peter brings to, look, the tree that you spoke to, the Bible says that when he did that, they heard it. I'm here to tell you now, God doesn't just say anything just to say it. He always has a reason why he's stating something. Jesus is saying, he's showing them a kingdom law. Faith is voice activated. Fear is voice activated. You see, Peter says, hey, you remember you cursed that tree? Look, he's repeating what he heard. So our fifth thought is, you got to watch what you say. Now, I'm fortunate I have a wife that helps me watch what I say. I keep her busy, sometimes busier than she needs to be. But she helps me because sometimes she'll say, is that what you want? Because I'll just spout off something. Have you ever spouted off something? Mm -hmm. You see, if it worked in the Bible, I got news for you guys. It'll work today. We started putting these principles to to. To play, we started saying, God, if it did that then, I believe it'll do it now. We had trees in our drive, but several houses ago, we laid hands on them. We spoke to the tree. If Jesus could curse the fig tree with his mouth, I could believe I could make a dead tree come back to life. And we did, and it started, it worked. And we did it to some trees in our driveway now. We, we down there cleaning stuff, and so Kim and I, we went, and we're like, look at that, that tree's done. And she goes, not anymore. Well, let's lay hands on that tree. People, our neighbors are like, they're at it again. <laughs> I don't know about these people. So we just prayed over the tree, and then you know what? Green is coming out of the tree now. Why? Because the word of God works every time. Faith in speaking. Life and death are in your mouth. If Jesus says something in the word, I tell you, I tell you the truth. Listen, he's trying to tell you something. That's how you got saved. You spoke with your mouth, believed in your heart, did not doubt. Romans 10, 9 and 10, confess with your mouth, the Lord Jesus, believe in your heart, raised him from the dead, you'll be saved. Heart one believes into righteousness, and with the mouth, confession is made in salvation. Everything in the kingdom, confess, believe, not be double-minded. That's how it all happens. It's a law. You don't like sickness? Watch what you're saying. Well, my kids had the flu. It's just a matter of time before I get it. Well, hope you enjoy it. Is that what you want? Oh, my allergies are acting up. Do you want to call them yours? You, you got to watch what you say. I mean, that sounds, well, Brett, that's too trivial. I don't think so. Jesus didn't speak to every fig tree. I'm sure that's probably not the only one. But that one, it was the only one for what he was looking for. But that didn't mean every fig tree everywhere else died. But he was talking to that one. 
He laid hands on that one. He looked at the leaves on that one. Faith will work that way too. What you're putting your hand to for that one. What are you speaking to that situation? You see, you can't fool your heart. Your heart goes by experience. It knows and lives by, do you keep your word? Do you tell yourself, you know what? Hey, yeah, we'll be there. At, we'll be there at six. We'll be there right on the button. And every time you go somewhere, you're always late. You might be like, you're meddling. Just listen for a minute. You are saying one thing and you're doing another. Now, I, I'm not saying you can never be late. That's not what I'm saying. I'm not trying to condemn you. I'm just saying, keep your word. Do everything you can to keep your word. If you say you'll be somewhere, you'll help somebody, then keep your word. If something happens that you can't get there, because those kind of things can happen, then be a person of integrity and let them know. You know, there's people that have, uh, I knew, I don't know him personally, but I know one minister, he, he had an appointment with the contractor. And the contractor didn't show up, didn't come. He was really, really late. And so when he showed up, he said, hey, and the, the pastor said, I, I don't have time. You missed your appointment. He said, yeah, well, I was running behind, blah, 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 blah. But he has a, he has a phone. He's like, did you use your phone? Well, you know, guess what? The pastor, he just looked at him and said, we're not going to do business together. The guy said, why? He said, because you don't keep your word. The guy's like, Phew, boy, that's harsh. And this guy's like, well, you know what? If it's starting now and we haven't even decided, what's it going to be like when we go on contract? Keep your word. Believe what you say. You ever been, you know, we come to church and, oh, I love what pastor preached. We're going to be debt free, baby. We're going to be debt free. And you get home and you see all the bills. I'm talking to myself. So before you throw anything at me, I'm talking to myself. And it's easy to go, okay, but just a few minutes ago or an hour ago, we were saying, praise God, we're debt free. Kim and I have wrote checks, put them in signed envelopes, prayed over them, set them on the dresser. We didn't mail them. Boom, 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 boom. But we, you know, to pay off a debt because we were believing together. And guess what? We did. We paid it off. We never had to mail the check, but that wasn't the purpose. The purpose was the action of doing something that we were putting the kingdom rule in place. And for us, nobody else knew that, but we did. You see, that's a law. Faith is activated by what you say. Fear is activated by what you say. You want doubt to be operating in your life? Go with fear. Your heart will believe. What you do. Now, just, just do your best to like, keep your word. 23.7 says, for as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. If you say to yourself, I'll never be out of debt. I will never have a house like that. Walter Cronkite, if you remember him, here's a newsflash. Well, you'll never be out of debt and you'll never have a house like that. Because you just declare it. But I told you last week, I said, Kim and I, we took time and we went to some houses that were just builders. My friend will love this because he's a builder right there. Uh, and we just sat in there. We just asked him. They were just model homes. Can we just sit in here? They're like, this is like your third time or so here. Why? And I just told them, we just like to dream. They were happy to let us sit there and dream. They didn't care because they were hoping we'd buy a house. I'm not saying we wouldn't, but we didn't at the time. We, you know what we did? We were picturing ourselves in a house that we would dream about. We were nowhere near that at that point. Nowhere near that. But we're living in one now. What are you willing to declare? Lord, I believe you. I'm, you know, we're all here. I know it's 1154. I know that some of you, it's 1154. I called Bob Evans. They're still going to stay open. Trust me. <laughs> Good people have problems. We all are subjected, you know, to this earth to some degree. I get it. But who we follow, that's our decision. 
What we believe in, that's our choice. I want to be choosing the things of God so that I can live blessed. That I can see God's hand and his provision working. We believe in our heart. We confess with our mouth. We do not doubt. You and I were made to rule. In Genesis, you can look that up. I'm just going to give you the scripture because I need to move on. 126, you were, you were made to rule on this earth. Everything in Hebrews, it says it was placed under, under man's feet. Everything means everything. 424 of John, God is spirit. Those who worship him must worship in spirit and truth. You're made in God's image. That's why the enemy hates you. Because you know what? My wife said this the other day. I love this. When you speak, you know what he hears? He hears God. If you're following the book. I, I think I might I think I might have been in the service, but if you go to Faith Life's uh, website, there is a service where Pastor Gary uh, he had a dream and he was dreaming that he was on horseback and he was riding down this hill and there's just an army there and he was I think he was by himself going down the hill and he said I don't know in the dream he said he pulled out like a sword and he was yelling Thor Thor and so you know there's a guy in this church that was actually a old and New Testament you know guru knows all what all the words and Thor as you know if you're a Marvel fan he's the god of thunder so Gary's telling this story. This is true. You can, you can listen to it, and you'll hear it. I mean, it's really cool. He's telling the story. He's saying, so he's saying, God, I just thank you that you, you know, he was saying, I'll take care of this, and I'm Thor, the God of Thunder. And he said that, and all of a sudden, you can hear it on the tape. Thunder. Boom. And, I mean, Pastor Gary is just laughing almost hysterically because God just, like, put an exclamation point and an amen on that and you know basically it was this dream saying you're going to go take the territory you're going to do this or whatever but look at faith life and talk about thor god of thunder or whatever something will come up i think on that but pretty neat to hear it but you're made in the image of god we are supposed to do what god is telling us to do we are agents for him you were created to rule to take dominion and it happens through your words and then your actions following the kingdom. It's not just what you think. It's not just mental knowledge. You can know a lot. I have people that I know that knew they could run circles around them. Uh, they could quote more scripture than I could. It's not about how much you know. It's about what you believe in what you know. I have a lot more to learn. But if I read it and God said it, I just believe it. I just believe it. You see, it's not where faith is not released from my mind. I store things, comes through my mind, but I release faith out of my heart, what I believe. It's not birthed in my head. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word. I can confess till I'm blue in the face. But if I don't believe it, I'm just like Charlie Brown's teacher. Wah, 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 wah. Hebrews 11.1, 1, I'm going to finish this up. Is now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Substance of things hoped for. Where do we obtain hope from? The Greek word for hope means confident expectation. So you have to picture what you're believing. Hope is like on a binoculars. It's like the thing that focuses and brings that into focus. Hope is your imagination, what you think. God gives you something and you're believing for something, so then you see yourself on the other side of that. You see the answer. You focus that hope in. I see that. I see myself walking. I'm completely healthy. I see myself with all this energy. I see that. And you believe that and you begin to state that by his stripes. 1 Peter 2.24 says, I was healed. It's already done. I see that. I receive and I start walking in that. 
So in Mark, and again, just putting this out there, seed gets scattered. What's your job? You're the incubator. You get that word inside you and you just meditate on it. And you just believe it. How it happens, that's his job. I don't have to know how he's going to do it. I just know his word says it. I protect it. I believe it. I do not doubt. Okay. I have so much. I'm not going to go through all that. The last thought I was saying, you have to know whose you are. Not who you are. Whose you are in Christ. Stay humble. Without Jesus... I'm nothing. I'm a filthy rat. I, Jesus is why. He is, you know, when we say Christmas, Jesus is the reason for the season. There's, there's a lot of truth in that. One of the reasons I got you glow-in-the-dark wristbands, there's still some out at the guest table if you want, the kiosk. If you need one, hadn't got one, they won't cost you anything. It, it says true life, church, live life on purpose. is because we, we live in a world that's getting darker. And uh, I want that to be a reminder when you see that glow on your hand. I am a light. I know whose I am. Now, each week here for the next few weeks, I'm going to pull this apart just a little more to show you exactly again, talking about faith. But I want you to hear my heart. I've never meant that you could treat God like Santa Claus or a genie in the bottle or anything like that. That's... That's not what I'm talking I'm talking about just following the Bible. It is his will to bless me. You can like that or not, it's in the Bible. It brings him pleasure to bless me, and it brings him pleasure to bless you. I like the results I'm getting when I follow the Bible. And I like seeing what he's doing. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes?